when you think about it, that resistance and that conflict is all about fear. It's because I'm afraid what I value is going to get lost if we give attention to what you want and what you value and your point of view, right? When we see it as a polarity, then we can see, wait a minute, we both have things to bring. Both are essential. Both are necessary. And if we serve both and take actions to make sure we're getting the best of both, then the patient is going to have a better outcome. How do we, as medical professionals, create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome to Medical Entrepreneur. We have some special guests today. We have Missing Logic on. Um, and so uh, without further ado, I'd like to have each of them introduce themselves and then talk about kind of uh, their, the Missing Logic uh, company and their own journey to medical entrepreneurship. Thank you, Adam. And we are really excited to be here. I think this is our first podcast on an entrepreneurial focus. So <laughs> we are excited to be here. So my name is Michelle Trosett. I started out as a critical care nurse and then really focused my practice on professional practice and did a lot of work on evidence-based practice and um, shared governance and interprofessional collaboration. And that's actually how Tracy and I first met. We both um, love interprofessional collaborative practice. And then our work, we had a mentor and that, that she was a nurse. And then that work took us really all over North America of helping other organizations create healthy work cultures and sort of taking what we were learning in the field and applying it to other organizations. And then from there, we became very involved with the electronic health record because we actually, Tracy and I were on a team that built the first interdisciplinary was the word back in the day. Uh, clinical documentation. So we designed that and then we were purchased by a technology company and we continued bringing the strong uh, clinical voice to that. And then that led to us being purchased by another company. So we have held roles like in corporate and um, also working with customers. And then uh, in, eventually we decided in 2017 that uh, we were ready to leave our corporate roles and that we had much more to give to healthcare. And we had this entrepreneurial spirit in us that had been growing over about a decade of time. And that's when we took the leap to Missing Logic. So I'll let Tracy introduce herself and tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dr. Tracy Christofferson, and I'm a respiratory therapist by profession and received my doctoral, dis did my doctoral dissertation on interprofessional collaborative practice. And, uh, and so as Michelle mentioned, we have a long history. We have been colleagues and friends for over 30 years, and we met at hospital orientation. So they did the, you know, we're in this huge auditorium and they did the stand up and shake the hand of the person behind you. 
And that was me. And we like to say we've been shaking hands ever since. And we worked together as clinicians at the point of care and critical care. And then as leaders in the organization, as Michelle mentioned, we were leading this large healthy work culture initiative, which started in our own organization and then grew across North America. So I spent a lot of my career working with leaders and clinicians at the point of care, helping them to create these healthy work cultures, and then also um, interprofessional collaborative practice environments. And um, and when you work with organizations like that, clinicians and leaders over a long period of time, we did this for like 20 years, you really begin to see the patterns of the challenges that they face over and over and over, right? And they're, everybody thinks they're unique, <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> the challenges are pretty much the same. They have different faces on them. They might look and feel a little bit different, but they're at the core. They're the same. And what we recognized was that they looked at these challenges as problems to solve. And what we knew from our experience and the work that we had done is that not every every challenge is a problem that can be solved. Many of them are polarities or these interdependent dynamics that need to be leveraged. And so when we decided to leave corporate and we took a step back and said, what is the contribution we can make now? How can we serve healthcare we knew there was a lot of resources and energy and time being wasted on these problems that can't be solved. And so we knew we wanted to bring something around polarity, um, uh, having a polarity mindset to these leaders because it's the missing logic in their leadership skill kit, right? So that's why we named our company Missing Logic. We, you know, we kind of started on that journey and really kind of putting together some frameworks and approaches to that. Uh, we developed polarity intelligence, which we'll talk more about. And then, um, and then COVID hit. So then it was like, okay, you know, now what do we do? <laughs> because, you know, this is kind of a unique situation in healthcare. Uh, pretty much everybody's focused on one thing and one thing only. And what we saw was there was so much support for the clinicians at the point of care, and rightfully so. And we were right there banging the pots with them, right? Like just really cheering everybody on and doing what we, you know, really offering that support. But what we saw is that there were so many leaders. They weren't even mentioned. They weren't, there wasn't anybody giving attention to the leaders. And we knew behind every clinician was a leader trying to hold them up, trying to lift them up and do everything they could to support them. And so we turned our attention to leaders and then uh, that kind of set the trajectory for yeah. some of the rest of our work. So I'll pause there. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> enough for right now. <laughs> uh, through the, uh, that explains the missing logic. So I'm always curious how that name kind of fit in there. And so... Um, that's, that's amazing. And then how did you guys, or when did you guys meet or how did you cross paths? How, how did you decide to, Hey, let's say, Hey, you know, I want to work with you. Well, like Tracy said, the first step was hospital orientation when we shook hands. The next step was working in critical care together and really having this shared purpose of wanting to improve our practice environment. And then we uh, were very involved with um, council infrastructures. So we were both leaders in that work. So we became very innovative as interprofessional colleagues. We did interprofessional rounds in ICU uh, before people were even writing about it. We had interprofessional councils that we were growing, where we were beginning to develop a lot of interprofessional processes. And we were joined at the hip, but we really took that role's role seriously. And then we expanded, as Tracy said, beyond that. But in the process, we became very good friends. Now, when you're presenting together and traveling together and doing the next 
you know, collaborative project together. You get to know each other a little bit. And then we introduced our husbands and they got to know each other a little bit. And pretty soon we were just, okay, let's just keep this work moving forward. And while we were part of a bigger group, we also were very focused on, you know, what we were learning and applying it to our own lives. And also, um, you know, how to just bring what was most important to us out into the world along the way. So it, it, it's, it has been a journey uh, and it has evolved over time. Yeah, we also, um, and we also did legacy planning. Yes. So I think one of the things that, you know, Michelle and I did together that was separate from what we were doing in the corporate world was to really think about our partnership and the contributions we were making, how we wanted that to continue, you know, on. And and so that foundation of really thinking into the future, three and five years into the future, I think kind of set us up. So when we were ready to leave the corporate world, we knew we already kind of had a foundation of how we wanted to work together. So I think that was a big that was part. a big part. Wow, that's that's a really good point. Like, I, you know, not too many people take the time to ever do legacy planning. Um, but I mean, obviously, it works really well in your case. Would you say for people that are um, like, you know, for example, partners that are just getting together, that they would you recommend that they do legacy planning to kind of set the the course? Or oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, you you know, anybody that's in a partnership really has to have a strong relationship and a strong foundation. And so you have to know that that you have that common purpose, that shared purpose of where you're headed and what it is you're trying to achieve, because you're each going to bring different skills and different talents and different strengths to that partnership and really understanding what that is, what you're bringing, who you are together and who you are individually and how that is going to pave the path and move you forward is just, it's all a part of that kind of legacy planning and knowing where you're headed. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that we actually observe a lot of entrepreneurs burning themselves out, even those that have partnerships, because that foundational piece isn't there. And it might start out really great, but you know how when the going gets tough or the bumps in the roads come, that foundation is so important. And we actually have built that into our frameworks and into polarity intelligence because that relationship piece is so important. And the polarities are tensions that exist. They're, they're always there, whether you deal with them or not. And just like they're in healthcare, they're in our businesses too. They're in our marriages. They're in our friendships. They're everywhere. And Tracy and I understood that at a deep level, and we really kind of built that into our processes and how we run our business and how we still stay really good friends while we're co-leading you know, leading this company as well. Wow, I think you have a really good point there because like a lot of times I'll find that, especially with entrepreneurs, they'll typically kind of fall into several different categories. And typically you have like maybe somebody who's a visionary and, you know, as uh, you know, like several of the entrepreneur books will say, hey, this person's a visionary, this person's an implementer, you know, and then they try to find these kind of partnerships. Um, could you kind of go further into like the polarity intelligence? Like, how, I guess, how did you first, is there something that you saw in the corporate world that's like, oh, hey, I can see this is polarity and that's what's causing these tensions. And how did you come across the, to come up with the idea? And, and if you could tell us oh, more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, in the work we were doing in the field all those years, uh, we were like everyone else where we were trying to fix the problems in healthcare. And we were, we ran, we kind of did that whole thing. We're going to move from this way to doing it this way. And what we noticed is there was a lot of resistance 
you know, uh, there was just so much resistance in that work. You know, we're going to go from traditional healthcare to innovation healthcare, and there's resistance in that, right? And then along the way, we met Dr. Barry Johnson, who um, was really, we call him the godfather of polarity management. And we partnered with him. We learned a lot from him. And um, we just, the more we worked with him, the more we understood that polarities are everywhere and that they needed to be applied. And Tracy and I didn't see anyone applying it to healthcare. So that was one thing we knew that we could really uh, bring, help people understand it, uh, you know, what polarities are, and then um, actually give them tools to assess polarities and to um, and really have sustainable outcomes because that's another major issue in healthcare. We don't have sustainable outcomes. I'll let Tracy tell you a little bit more about just what polarities are and how we help leaders understand pretty quickly how they work. Polarities are interdependent pairs of values or points of view, um, perspectives. They appear to be opposite or contradictory to each other, but they actually need each other over time to get you to that greater purpose that both serve. Okay, so a really easy example that any health professional would understand is inhaling and exhaling. Right, We have to inhale to receive oxygen and exhale to remove carbon dioxide. But we have to have both to sustain life, right? If we don't, we're, the deeper fear or the biggest risk we have is that we'll die, right? So all polarities work the same way. So there's benefits to both poles, and each of the interdependent pairs are called a pole. So there's benefits to both. And you want to leverage both in order to keep moving yourself towards that greater purpose. And you want to avoid the negative consequence of over-focusing on one pole to the neglect of the other, right? So if we over-focus on inhaling, the carbon dioxide is going to build up, right? If we over-focus on exhaling, we're not going to get the oxygen that we need. So there's always a consequence to over-focusing. And it's learning to leverage this energy and tension that sits between these poles. Now, as an entrepreneur, right, and in healthcare, a major polarity is mission and margin, right? We have to make money, right? But we are serving people too at the same time, right? We get into the field because of our, our mission, but we have to make, a, we have to have margin, right? Individual and team is another one when it comes to interprofessional care, right? Working and bringing your gifts as an individual, but leveraging the strengths of the team. So, you know, there's a, there's a methodology to that. And what we learned is that people are using an either or mindset, Thus, the resistance, right? Because it's either my perspective or your perspective. And what we're teaching with polarities is that it's both and. In many instances, it's not an either or. You have to have both. And you just need to be able to differentiate between a problem and a polarity. And that's the polarity mindset component of polarity intelligence. Is to first be able to differentiate when you have a polarity and it needs to be leveraged versus a problem that can be solved, Okay. The other and what we bring in with polarity intelligence and where we've taken it a little bit in a different trajectory than um, Barry Johnson is adding healthy relationships and meaningful dialogue to the component of polarity yeah. mindset. And that's because we have to have that foundational relationship to sit in conversations with people who have opposing perspectives 
And to know that we're moving towards a shared purpose and have meaningful conversations to uncover where resistance is, uncover what our perspective is, see the both and in the polarity itself. So that's just a little bit more about kind of polarities and polarity intelligence. I I think you nailed it on that one because I see like... Now that you explain that, I can see that everywhere in every <laughs> every every institution I've ever worked in. You know, it's uh, just like you said the you know mission oh, yeah. and the margin, yep. and you know these kind of things. Like, and you could see, especially even between different teams, etc. Yes. Um, could you give an example of like how once a, a team that you you consult with like gets the polarity intelligence, how do you leverage a polarity which would normally you might be divisive, you know? <laughs> Well, we work with teams in healthcare organizations, and we also work with uh, leaders, um, you know, in our coaching programs as well. But if, if we were going to work with a team in an organization, we just listen to their story. What are you struggling, you know, what's working well for you? What are you struggling with? What are you most excited about? And because we're so trained in polarities, we can pretty much identify this is what you're, this is, this is a core polarity that you're dealing with. And we affirm that with them. So, for example, uh, one group of leaders we were working with, they identified candor and diplomacy was a polarity that they were not managing well. They needed help with communication, um, structured and flexibility. That was another one. You know, when you're a management team, you know, you have to be able to leverage and take action on both of those poles. So those were a couple of uh, several that we worked with them on. But then what's the magic about it is they come out with what they're their shared purposes together as a team, they come up with what the positive outcomes look like from their perspective when they're doing both well. They understand the negative consequences if they're not managing it well. And then we we help them come up with action steps, like what are the things you need to do to be candid together as a team? What are the things you need to do to be more diplomatic together as a team in your communication? And then they also identify when they're getting off track. So, oh, we're, we're starting to, you know, be too focused on diplomacy again. We got to bring it back to candor. And, um, and then they measure the results. That's the exciting part about it. They actually measure where they sit as a team. And then we can remeasure, um, you know, weeks later, months later, and they can see how well they're maintaining that outcome. Well, I was just going to say what Michelle's describing is there's actually a mapping process. So you can actually put the polarity, the positive outcomes, negative consequences, action steps, and early warning signs in a map. So it makes it very concrete and very clear. If we do these action steps, we should get these outcomes. If we don't, here's what's going to happen. And here's what it looks like early on when that's starting to happen, right? So it makes it really, it takes something that is invisible, this tension that they experience, and it makes it very visible and very concrete. And then the map can be turned into a an assessment tool that they can then assess themselves over time and how well they're leveraging it. I was going to say, even the the metric, the metrics you're talking about tracking, I mean, I can only imagine, like, first off, I see the huge value in, in your consultation, because I can just tell you from working, I'm thinking right now, like when I used to work uh, in Ryder Trauma Center. Um, and so, you know, we had all these different teams, we had the anesthesiology team, we had the, the surgical team, we had the nurses, we had the managers, you know, we had, like, there's all these different people, we had the respiratory therapists, and all of them had their own, you know, kind of uh, viewpoint. And, you know, as you would describe like a polarity and the inefficiencies that, that came from just this kind of conflict, 
like the environment was basically a conflict-based environment for anybody who entered, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I could see if you could align that even just a little bit, yeah. how those efficiencies would really uh, not only make the, the workplace much more attractive for people to stay, but also just really increase, um, you know, avail like, you know, patient satisfaction, yeah. increase, you know, provider satisfaction and yep. probably increase yep. revenue too. Yeah. Well, and really when you think about it, that resistance and that conflict is all about fear. It's because I'm afraid what I value is going to get lost if we give attention to what you want and what you value and your point of view, right? I'm afraid I'm going to end up in the downside of that because we're going to shift all of our attention over to what you want. What I want is going to get lost or what I value is going to get lost. And, and that's the either or thinking. It's either my point of view or your point of view. And we're going to make a decision. We're going to do one or the other. Right. We're going to mm -hmm. care for the patient in this way or this way. And what we have to read when we see it as a polarity, then we can see, wait a minute. We both have things to bring. Both are essential. Both are necessary. And if we serve both and take actions to make sure we're getting the best of both, then the patient is going to right have a better outcome. So it's helping people to not feel like they have to hang on so tight to their perspective and point of view or what they value because they're afraid of losing it. They recognize when it's a polarity, oh, I'm not going to lose this. We're going to give attention to both. What I value is going to continue, right? What I bring is going to continue to be valued. So that's, I think that's where it helps teams get to is understanding, oh, I don't have to hang on so tight and be so resistant. I can open up a little bit because I'm understanding this differently. That makes total sense. It all comes from fear and scarcity, you know? <laughs> so, it, does. Like, <laughs> it does. That's the bottom line, right? Is there an example of maybe how you might have used the polarity, uh, you know, thinking the polarity training that you offer? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, redo a, a dysfunctional team. Um, one that you want, if you, you can say. Well, we have been called in to work with um, groups that are struggling, you know, and it, actually we had one chief nurse executive said, of all the people that I think can help me, it's the two of you. And let me tell you, I've been working with this group of managers for a long time. And it seems like no matter what we do, no matter what consultant we bring in, I find myself in the same place a year later. I think, oh, they're coming. They're getting it. They're, they're making progress. And so um, she brought us in and um, we actually taught them dialogue skills, the principles of healthy relationships. We taught them about polarity, having a polarity mindset. We helped them identify the key challenges or the polarities they were dealing with. And it was transformational. We actually started out with a full day retreat with them. Day and a, actually, it was day and a half, wasn't it, Tracy? It was a couple days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did a and, couple days. Mm -hmm. And they'd never been together that way. They, they had never stepped aside and learned those skills together. And um, they had a bond that happened that weekend that was amazing. And they have continued to thrive. And we continue to work with them. <laughs> We're going to be working yeah, with them again. Yeah. So, And so we measured there. You know, we, we had them do an assessment of where they were at. And they created their own action strategies. Yeah. And they identified some of these you know, points of view, right, that were conflicting, where they were conflicting with each other. And they leveraged dialogue and relationships to kind of see each other's perspective, move a little bit beyond that. Um, and then we measured it a year later, and they had improved in every single area. So they, you know, they just continued wow. to leverage what we taught them throughout the year, 
and uh, and continued to get better and better at at leveraging. And there were four really key polarities that were under the surface that they didn't know about, didn't understand, that were you know pulling them back and and really making it difficult for them to work together, right, to achieve the purposes that they that they wanted to achieve. Well, and one thing you brought up was just about like kind of the dialogue and communication. Um, one of the things that you know, we've heard a lot about is that sometimes the younger generations, because they have been, you know, maybe raised more in technology, more of an isolated environment. You know, many people are saying like the the next generation that's coming up, um, even even to the point where they actually prefer to be anonymous when they work. You know, they don't actually like to have, you know, direct communication. Could you maybe speak to like how you're training or even, you know, any kind of training with dialogue and, and being able to maybe even teach people like what, what might be considered basic communication skills in the past. Like now there's some people that they can't communicate at all. You know? Well, yeah. Um, well, dialogue is not, I always like to say it's not communication one-on-one that we learned in med school, nursing school, respiratory school. It's much different. It's really, a, a, it's a way of learning together. It's appreciating, wow, I can learn from this young person that I've never grew up as a digital native. I've had to learn my own way through this stuff. But you know what? They have a wisdom I don't have. And that is the beauty of dialogue. It, it, there's an assumption that everyone has a wisdom that I don't have. And it's really about creating the space for that. And um, the first principle of meaningful dialogue is, um, you know, intention and creating intention and psychological safety. And that's so important that people feel safe uh, to say whatever they want to say, to describe their discomfort, whatever it might be. And then so much of it is listening, um, just really listening, being aware of what's happening um, to what's happening in the room, what's happening in the conversation. And um, it's being safe to ask questions. It's this whole, it's just really uncovering what is really there and creating that space for that. And I think people make a lot of assumptions that gets in the way of that learning and understanding. And when you... Um, you know, when you really can create that understanding with anybody that you will make progress that will deepen the relationship. Tracy, I don't know what else you want to add to that. I think the whole polarization of our world and our environments has had a major impact on young people too, right? On all of us. Yeah. And we're just all running around hanging on, right? Instead of creating environments, and I think you have to have that environment to Michelle's point. You have to create a safe environment for people to feel like they can even speak. And what we teach people isn't like, it's not a formula, it's principles. It's mm -hmm. basic principles of how to connect with another human being in conversation to really listen, to create a space where anybody could feel comfortable talking with you, even if it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's not even a group, it's just the, you know, two people. Right. It's really that just kind of inviting and inviting space in silence and being okay with when there's a pause, because that's where the beauty is. That's where people are reflecting. They're being thoughtful about what they want to say. We are just so busy talking to each other and talking over each other and <laughs> saying what we got to say and thinking about what we want to say when somebody else is talking. And we're like, you know, just right. And, and, and dialogue is about, let's just slow it down, folks, right? Like just calm down. Let's just relax. Let's just really be with each other, really hear each other respect what's being said, know there's wisdom in it, Let give people an opportunity to advocate for what they believe. It's okay if somebody believes something different than what you believe. Yeah. And just creating that space. And so there are basic principles that you can use 
in your marriage, with your kids, in your community, in your work, wherever. And that's, you know, we don't go with a formula or a script, say this, use this, right? Because that doesn't help you really, right? It's really about understanding. There's some basic principles about being in meaningful conversation. What's really interesting is I think all of your stuff has come from like real world environment. And, you know, just as somebody who's been in, in some of the larger organizations, you know, for hospitals, like, it seems like every year there was a new, a new push. It was, um, you know, was it getting to great or something like, uh, you know, and then it was, uh, who moved my cheese? <laughs> then it, you know, like, it was one of the, like, it was always yep, some, some yep. new thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then there was one, I think, where they're having fish in, in from the Pike's Peak Market or something, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's always some, yeah. some kind of thing. And mm-hmm. like. What I love about your stuff is like it's, it's exactly is exactly you know from real world like from the ground up. It's like not like some right. ivory tower thought like oh you know and that so, yeah yeah I could see all yeah and that is really important to us. It's practical. It's practical wisdom. It's absolutely universal. Polarities are everywhere. It's how we be how we are showing showing up and how we're being in our work environment. So that we can take meaningful action. Yeah. So I really appreciate you calling that out, Adam. It, that was our intention. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have something amazing here. And, you know, we've only talked about the polarity, but you also have the healthy, uh, the H2O framework, the healthy healing organization. Um, could you sure. speak to that? So when we turn to the leaders, we developed the dynamic balance effect framework. And that was just Tracy and I taking everything we'd learn about personal growth and transformation and putting it in a framework to help leaders with burnout. And we also had this experience of working with healthcare organization and knowing, having lived what it's like when you are working in a thriving, healthy work environment. So we developed the Healthy Healing Organization, or H2O, framework as well. And that also has three pillars. And the first one is is people, right? It all comes back again to those relationships and the people. People are what make an organization. It's not the brick and mortar. It's the people and the culture inside. So um, really supporting them through these concepts and teaching them polarity intelligence. But then there's also um, there's also uh, processes and really looking at, you know, the different uh, structures and infrastructures and the things that need to, you know, could be better. Maybe they're not designed correctly. Do you have the infrastructures to bring the people, you know, together as well? Um, so that's uh, that's the other pillar. So we got people, processes, and the other one is performance because Tracy and I are very committed to outcomes. So we don't ever want to just go in and do what we call an executive exercise or talk about something and leave. It's really looking at what are the, from a polarity perspective, what are the chronic tensions in healthcare organizations? And they're common ones. It's not like rocket science. Again, it's common sense. It's the mission and the margin. It's the individual and team. It's the practice and technology. Uh, there's several of them that we already know exist in every organization. So we work with organizations to measure them so that they can um, improve and they can also experience sustainable outcomes over time. I think that's pretty amazing. Um, is there anything that you would say to like maybe a smaller organization? So what if you have like a, a small clinic of, you know, eight to 10 people, something like this? Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting that you asked that because I think there's some, there's always some baseline polarities, right? That are going to, it doesn't matter what environment you're in. But when we started our business, 
when we looked at, you know, you want to have your purpose and your values and polarities are core values. So we identified what are the core values in our business that are polarities that we need to leverage, right? To have a strong performing business and to support our team, right? So of course, mission and margin is at the foundation of a lot of that, right? But also productivity and relationships, We've got individual and team, kind of candor and diplomacy. So we have to be able to, you know, have those communications with each other, um, process and progress. And so those are kind of some core for a small environment, a small team, right, that wants to move a, a, an organization forward, a business forward. Those are some. And then the other one is work and home. Because yeah. when you're, you know, you, you always want to have the balance between your professional life and your personal life. And everybody has to deal with right. that. And when we are all leveraging that polarity well, then we're coming into our work environment healthy. We're supporting each other, right, to, to maintain that dynamic balance between those things. And I think that's the other thing um, that I don't think we've mentioned yet, but this is all about dynamic balance. Life is not 50-50. We're not talking right. 50% here and 50% here. There are times where just as we all experienced in COVID, right, we were all pulled heavily to the professional side, right, of our lives, right, to serve patients, to help individuals with this terrible, you know, virus. Um, and that like everything shifted that way. And so what, what we know is that will happen occasionally, right? And sometimes we can get pulled to the personal side, we've got somebody in our family who's ill, right? Or, or we're ill and we're being pulled that way to give our attention to that part of our lives. So we, what we have to do is take simultaneous actions and maintain, try to maintain the positive outcomes on that other pole, right? So especially with work and home or professional life, personal life, it's really about, you know, just never let go, never stop taking action. You might not be able to take as much action or as many actions as you typically do, but do the thing that will get you the most positive outcome in that area of your life. If it's your personal life, do what you can, right? With your rest or activity or whatever it might be, right? Connections to your family, your relationships, whatever's going to lift you up and keep you strong in that area, that's your priority while you're giving your full, a lot of your attention to the other pole. So, so those are just some core ones, um, you know, and, and kind of how we teach people. It's not all of these are dynamic. They're always shifting, right? And it, you just want to keep moving up to that greater purpose and leveraging both as you go forward as a, yeah. as a company and as individuals. And then uh, if you don't want me to take a different track, like how about your own personal journeys into entrepreneurship? Because you're helping so many people, you know, kind of build their organizations and that kind of thing. Um, can you talk more about like when did you decide to kind of like pull the trigger and say, hey, I'm, we're going to go out and do this kind of on our own? Like maybe you were in, I think you were describing before you were kind of like in the corporate world mm -hmm. and you said, hey, look, I think we can maybe do it better. We can help more people. Could you maybe describe that journey and how, sure. how that came about? Uh, well, we, like Tracy mentioned earlier, we were doing legacy planning and we didn't really quite have it all figured out yet, <laughs> but every year we would like up our plan, right? Up our plan. But what happened in the process is we were growing individually as, as people and, um, and the corporation we were working with, um, what with the changes, because there always there's always going to be change. What we noticed is we, we it was getting further and further away from our core values, and um, it was kind of like you you started feeling lost in everything that was happening. And 
I became the president of the National Academy of Practice in 2017, and I knew I was going to have major stuff in front of me. And Tracy was entering her doctoral program, and we knew that was and that was important to us as a as a company and as partners because of the outcomes. And we just we just knew, like when it finally got there, we'd been doing so much planning. It's like now's the time. Let's just let's do it now. Let's take the the leap now. And that was in 2017. Wow. And then we just stepped back. That's amazing. You know, yeah. we just stepped back, Adam, and said, okay, we, you know, we've got 20 plus years of experience. Yeah. And, you know, we know what our strengths are and we know what we don't want. And what we had done for years is we were on the road every week, right? We left on Monday. We came home on Friday, maybe worked the weekend, right, to get ready for the next week. We traveled and we'd love to travel, but. <clears throat> but you're spending more time on the road than you are with your family. There's something wrong, right? <laughs> and I used to say frequent flyer miles are great and status is great, but all it says is you're never home. I mean, that's all it says, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> we knew that we didn't want to be, we didn't want to do that all the time. Like we wanted to travel, but we wanted to choose when we did that. We wanted to work more remotely. And so we, so that's kind of the thinking that went into the design of how we would work with people. Like, what's our biggest gift? And we thought polarity intelligence is what we want to bring because this is something that's a major gap for every leader and it's impacting every aspect of their life. And then how do we want to work? How do we want to deliver these services? And how, how do we want to show up? Um, and, and so those were the things that kind of, you know, helped us to determine. Yeah what kind yeah. of space we wanted to work in and how we wanted to go forward. And here we are. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's amazing story with all your accomplishments. Cause I mean, you're really adding like huge amounts of value, especially into, into these organizations that, you know, I mean, people that, that don't follow your framework, essentially it's kind of like, Oh, well, let's just see what happens. You know, <laughs> put all these people in a room and see what happens. You know? That's so true. Yes. And you know, what we say is in our, you know, in the work that we do with polarities, it's a crystal ball. It is. Because you know exactly what is going to happen if you don't maintain both those poles. And they feed each other, right? So if you're ignoring this, there's this whole energy field that's working on you as a person, on your organization, on your teams that you are not aware of. It's like gravity, right? You can't see gravity, but it's holding you in place, right? And these polarities are working and they are at work. They never, ever go away. And it's 100% predictable what's going to happen if you don't leverage them. And so, you know, we always say, hey, like, if you want to be able to tell your own future, you got to learn polarities because you can certainly tell what's going to happen when you do or don't take the actions that, you know, that you know you want to take. Well, wow, and I could even see how the the polarity intelligence tool you guys developed is very useful, even for kind of management oh. structure. Because you know, if you're if you're a high level manager and you're like, hey, there's something wrong with this team, like there's all this conflict, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. You know, like you know, normally you'd have to send somebody you know into the team, like, okay, you know, Jill's angry about this, John doesn't like yeah. that, you know, try to you know negotiate it out or whatever. Now you could use your tool to actually identify like, hey, here's the forces and this that's, way you need to balance. Yeah, yeah that's Adam. Powerful. What we like to say too is it's a gift. It is a gift. It helps make sense of things you could never make sense of before. And yeah. it helps you tap the people. It's not having someone else to come in and fix them. <laughs> They're very engaged in the yeah. process. Yeah. It, it makes all the difference. Well, and I, it, and it gives a, it, and I think to you, what I heard 
too, Adam, and what you said that I want to just draw out, because I think this is important, is it gives them a common language. Yeah. When you and your team understand polarities, and we just had this happen, somebody that was in one of our, uh, we did a keynote presentation a little while back last year, and we were having a conversation saying, oh my God, now that we all know polarities, we'll go, that's not a problem, that's a polarity, right? And then, so... They even just from being at a conference with us, they picked it up, right? And they can tell. And now they have this common understanding of what the, the tension yes. they're experiencing and why they're experiencing it. And that it's not a problem. Wait, we can't solve this. We got to work on this. We got to understand it better. We got to know what, you know, what it is, identify it and name it, and then begin to work it right together. And so it gives them that common language and understanding, takes it to a whole nother level. And I think you guys have a very powerful, a very powerful uh, process tool there. Thanks. I can see it. I can definitely yeah. see the value Thanks. for sure. Well, um, if someone's interested in kind of finding out more about your organization, is there certain like criteria you have for people to work with you or like, you know, how would they come about? I guess, you know, if, if I'm like, hey, I have a healthcare team, I, I totally I could see the value of this. Like what is the what steps do they need to take in order to, to reach out to you? Or Probably to the best you? way is our website, missinglogic.com. And there's a place on there that says contact us. So we have people contacting us through there. Then Tracy and I reach out to them. Um, we also are on LinkedIn. Uh, we have uh, Missing Logic LinkedIn company page. And Tracy and I even show up every Friday now doing leadership chats. So they can follow us there and reach out to us via LinkedIn. And then we're on other social media platforms as well. But probably our website is the best place to do an initial reach out. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and you've taught us so much in <laughs> such a short period of time. And I think you guys have amazing, amazing process. Yeah. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.